here in Luke chapter 23. I'm sorry, 23. Amen. I don't know why I'm reading 24. Chapter 23, verse 46. Amen. Y'all stay with me now. Amen. Is that right? Amen. There it is right there. I read from verse 44. And it was now about the sixth hour. And darkness fell all over the whole land until the ninth hour. Because the sun was obscured and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, Father, into your hand, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Amen. Let us bow for prayer. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. First of all, I want to thank you for blessing us this week. Many sacrifices have went into tonight, in these nights, but we are the winners. We've left here revived. Tonight I ask that you would use me for your glory. Stand in my body. Think with my mind. Speak with my voice. Cancel the schemes and the plans of the enemy. And Lord, I pray that you would speak into the hearts of your people on tonight. Lord, speak tonight. We're listening, God. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God would last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. I want to talk about tonight, are you in good hands? All state asked the question, are you in good hands? <laughs> Amen. Are you in good hands? All state says that you can be protected from mayhem. You've seen the mayhem commercials. The guy, he'll jump on the roof, he'll fall down, he'll create mayhem, and he'll show you scenarios, amen, that tells you that when you're in good hands, you don't have to worry about mayhem. The word mayhem, the word mayhem means violence. It is damaging disorder. Mayhem is chaos and disorder, havoc, uh, tumult, amen, commotion, hell breaking loose, trouble, disturbance, confusion, riot, anarchy, amen, violence, amen, insanity, madness, and even trouble, mayhem. I don't know about you tonight, but I've had some mayhem in my life. I don't know about you tonight, but I've been there where mayhem had taken over my life. I don't know about you, but Jesus had been on the cross. He had met mayhem on that Friday night. Come on, somebody. Six hours he had been on the cross, and he is exhausted, and he's hurt, and he's lonely, and he is breathing his last, and yet he finds deep down inside of him the words that he's about to say. He understands whose hands he's in. 
The Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. Luke is our writer, and Luke writes to us, and he tells us, and he, he gives us this narrative, amen, and he gives us in context, he says it was about the sixth hour. And, and Jesus had been on the cross for six hours, six hours of mayhem. Turn to your neighbor and say mayhem. Six hours of havoc, six hours of pain, six hours of trouble. And somebody here tonight, you've been in the wrong hands before. Somebody here tonight, you've been, you've had mayhem in your life. You've had trouble. You've had pain. You had problems. You had predicaments. But God has been good to you. Do I have anybody tonight? Mayhem. I believe the reason Jesus could stay on that cross because of the hands that he was in. He understood whose hands he was in. The question is tonight, and I have this for you. Are you in good hands? Jesus held back his life. He refused to die. He refused to die. Six hours of pain and he's exhausted. And here he is, the Bible says, darkness fell on the earth. Do you not know when you put the Son of God on the cross, there will be darkness in your life? Come on, somebody. And there are people who are putting Jesus back on the cross, and they are experiencing darkness in their lives. Jesus, he's there on the cross. The Bible says darkness fell all over the land until the ninth hour. The Bible says because the sun was obscure and watch this and the veil of the temple. In other words, what was happening is access was being granted to you and I. I want to tell you something. When you know Jesus, you got access. Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was giving us access to the Father. He had he was changing the old system to the new system. Amen. A new way of worship. A new way of praise. I don't need the priest to go in for me because I got my own praise. Come on, somebody. Jesus. The veil is ripped. Some say it ripped from the bottom to the top. Or from the top to the bottom. It really doesn't really matter. You know why? Because it's ripped. And here's the other reason. The other reason is now you and I have access to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I got access. I got access. And when you're in good hands, come on, somebody, you know, amen, what you have available to you. The Bible says, and Jesus, there it is. The Bible says he cried out. Now, I want to tell you something about this cry. This was not a cry of defeat. It was first a cry of purpose. Come on, somebody. It was a cry of purpose because, amen, because Jesus is always concerned about his father's purpose over his purpose. And so he lets out a cry. The word cry means that which brings light. So when Jesus was crying, he was bringing light to dark to a dark world. He was bringing light to a dark situation. 
and he cries out, the Bible says. The Bible says he cries with a loud voice. Not only was it a cry, hallelujah, of purpose, but it was also a cry of victory. Jesus, at that moment, when he cried out, he had defeated death. He had defeated Satan. He had defeated sin. And it was a cry of victory. You see, the enemy wants you to believe. Listen, listen, you got to know how to cry. Some of us only cry when we get in trouble. Some of us only cry when things get bad in our lives. But I want to say to somebody here tonight, you ought to cry on purpose. You ought to cry a victory cry. You ought to shout hallelujah in the midst of being persecuted, in the midst of being talked about, lied on, and mistreated. You ought to hold on and cry out with purpose to God. Do I have anybody tonight? And I see Jesus hanging on the cross, crying out with purpose, crying out with victory, crying out. He hung there on the cross. He knew that his father was glorified and the victory had already been secured. Jesus crying out. The question is, have you cried out? You see, when you're in good hands, I'm going to give you four things. Four things to know when you're in good hands. First of all, he says, the Bible says, if you look at verse 46, it says, and Jesus crying out with a loud voice said, what did he say? Look what he says. He says, Father. He says what? Father. He didn't say cut and poo. He didn't say ray ray. Come on, somebody. He didn't call his, he didn't call his mama. He says, Father. He says, Father. I don't know about you, but I know my daddy wasn't there when I needed him. Come on, somebody. But when you're in good hands, the first thing you know, the first thing about these hands, you ready for this? You may want to write this down. It was a parental hands. He was in parental hands. He was in the hands of a father. It's different than being in the hands of a friend. But when you're in the hands of a parental hands, when you are in parental hands, there's care, there's comfort. Come on, somebody. There's concern. And Jesus understood that there's no better hands to be in than his father. Listen, 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 listen. Nobody could comfort him. The cry was submission, but the hands, come on, somebody, was comfort. Are you with me? Jesus is quoting Psalm 31. That's what he's doing. Isn't that amazing? Even on the cross, he quotes scripture. And I'm talking to somebody here tonight. I want to tell you something. Quit running to everybody and run to the word. Open the word of God. You will find your answers there. Jesus could have acted on his own, but he understood those hands that he was in. They were parental hands. Listen, I remember being a baby. I remember, I remember being a child and my mother would hold me sometimes. 
hurts. Come on, somebody. But I cannot remember my daddy holding me and telling me, son, it's going to be all right. I'm going somewhere. But I thank God for Psalm 27 that said, even when my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will pick me up. And when you are in parental hands, you can't just get ready for blessing. You got to get ready for discipline. Do I have anybody? See, we want the good part of the parental hands, but those same hands that bless you is the same hand that will correct you. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to myself. Psalm 31 was the typical Jewish prayer. Listen to this. At the end of the night before they went to bed, they would read Psalm or recite Psalm 31 at, because they, watch this, because they didn't have a guarantee that they would wake up in the morning. And so that's why the, the, the scripture reads in Psalm 31 and verse 5, it reads like this. This is how it reads. Let me read it to you. This is how it reads. It reads like this. Amen. It reads like this. The text says in Psalm 31 and 5, into your hands, watch this, hand, I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. The Jewish person would read this book, read this psalm at nighttime and they would they would they would they would think on on what God is and who he is and listen I don't know about you tonight but it's good to know whose hands you're in it's good to know it's good to have parental hands I believe the problem with most of us because we're so damaged and we're so bruised and battered is because we haven't had that loving hands in our lives I believe that some of us are struggling with being parents because we don't know how to treat our children because we never had parental hands. But I got good news for you tonight. I got good news for you tonight that his hands will always be with you. The Bible says, he says, Father. He goes on to say, into your hands. He says, into what? Your hands. So not only was it a parental hands, but it was a powerful hands. The Bible says he has all power. Come on, somebody. You, you with me? Listen, weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. It's good to know that you have, yeah, Lord, powerful hands available to you because the power in the hands represents something. It represents, by implication, authority. I'm talking to somebody here tonight. I want to tell you something. You've tried life in your hands. You've tried life in somebody else's hands. When you gave your life to that man, when you gave your life to that woman, they have limited power. But I know a man who has power. His hands is powerful. He can break through every barrier. He can tear down every wall. He can lift you up out of the pit of life. He has power in his hands. Do I have anybody? And I want to say this, when you are in distress, who do you trust? See, his hands was powerful to break the cycle of sin. 
powerful hands. Powerful hands. The question tonight is are you in good hands? The Bible says, yeah, father into your hands. He knew that his father had the power to deliver him. And I'm talking to somebody here tonight. You've been trying to kick that habit. You've been trying to change that attitude. You've been trying to move a little further on in your life. But until you put it in the master's hands, change can't come. Because he has power. Are you with me? You, you've heard it before. He has power in his hands. All power in his hand. Jesus, what he did was he surrendered full control of everything. And tonight, you're holding on to something. You're holding on to it. And you have a daddy who has power. And he can take it. He can fix it. He can transform it. He can take mud and make it into a miracle. Come on, somebody. The text says, Father, into your hands. Into your hands, I parathithomy, my spirit. He says, into your hands, parathithomy, I commit my spirit. The word parathithomy means to come against something. The word picture there is that of, hallelujah, of trust. It is power meanings to come alongside. It's where we get the Greek word paraclete, which means the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we have another helper. You see, in order for you to know whose hands you're in, you have to lean against the Father's hands. You can't trust in you. You got to trust in the Father. But what I love about this word, he says, into your hands, I commit my spirit. It is in the indicative mood. The indicative mood suggests, hallelujah, a statement of fact. I'm going somewhere with this. It is in the middle voice, which means that the subject has to participate in the outcome of the action. I'm talking to somebody here tonight. You want a miracle, but you're not willing to participate. I'm talking to somebody here tonight that if you commit to God, it's a fact, Jack, that he will transform you. When you're in good hands, Come on, somebody. Listen, you can lean against the master. You can trust and believe that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. When you lean against him, it's a fact, Jack, that God will bring you through. But you got to participate in your breakthrough. Come on, somebody. Oftentimes, we want a magician. We don't want a master. We want a genie in a bottle. We want someone we can rub and things get better. But you got to participate. You got to commit just as God is committed to you. You got to be committed to him. Do I have anybody tonight? I feel my help coming. I thank God. 
I got one more point and I'm going to sit down. The Bible says not only did he commit, but he committed the non-material. And he committed the material. See, God has to have all of you. He committed his spirit. Watch this. And after 33 years of life, he knew, watch this, he was in good hands. The question I have for you tonight, as I go to my seat, do you know that you're in good hands? Do you know whose hands you're in? Because if you are in the master's hands, you're not going to worry. You're not going to fret. You're not going to complain. You're not going to fall apart. You're not going to trip because he says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. So not only is it a protective hands, amen, that commit means protective hands, but lastly, it is a promised hand. Come on, somebody. He promised that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I thank God that I got a promise tonight. The promise is that God will be there no matter how bad things look. I thank God tonight that, yeah, Jesus, he hung on that cross. They beat him. They whipped him. They nailed him in one hand. They nailed him in the other hand. They riveted his feet, hung him high, dropped him low, put him in a borrowed tomb. But early. Come on, somebody. Early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Do you know him? Have you tried him? Is he all right? Is he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. Say yeah. He's a good God. He woke me up this morning. He started me on my way. God has been good to me. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Whose hands are you in? That's the question tonight. I don't want to lose myself. That's why I stop. But let me say this. Respirators are machines that do the breathing for you. Am I right about it? You know, if you if you if you if you're down in the hospital bed and there's a problem with your breathing, they're gonna put a respirator on. If you insist on breathing on your own, the respirator does you no good. There's only one thing that 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 you can do with the respirator. That's cooperate with the respirator. You see, the two of you are working together. But the respirator is doing the work. And you're just cooperating with it rather than resisting it. Christ wants to express his life through you. Come on, somebody. And be your respirator. He does not want you being on your own. He does not want you breathing on your own. He does not want you to take matters in your own hands. But what he wants to do is help you to breathe through this life. Do you know him today? 
Have you tried him today? Is he all right? Say yeah. Say yeah. I thank God for this revival. I thank God that he made a way out of no way. I was a wretch undone. But Jesus, come on somebody, but Jesus changed my life, transformed me, made me new again. I am in good hands. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, whose hands are you in? Give God a praise. Are you in good hands? Are you in good hands? Come on, somebody. Powerful hands. Powerful hands. Pa parental hands. Protective hands. He was able to commit his spirit. Lastly, hallelujah, promised hands. He promised Jesus, I'll never leave you. And Jesus knew, and listen, tonight some of us, we don't even believe whose hands, we, listen, you can tell by the way your life is going whose hands you're in. Mayhem, madness. Come on, somebody. People, people tripping all around you. Whose hands? Listen, when you're in the master's hands, you can hold on. You can go a little further. You can trust and believe that no matter what it looks like, it's going to be all right. 